To talk about the MLS, it's the head coach of your hometown United. This is the Adrian Heath Show. Welcome to the Adrian Heath Show with host Jamie Watson. Hello, welcome in to another Adrian Heath Show, our second one of the year. And we got a lot to talk about tonight. Another Minnesota United win. That's 2-0 for your loons to start the season off. Couldn't get much better around these parts in the Twin Cities. A lot of smiling faces for the Loons fans right now. A lot to talk about, a lot to break down. But to help help me do that tonight, we're going to have a different voice than normal. The man who this show is named after, your fearless leader, Adrian Heath, he had a rough night last night. No, it wasn't the celebrating from another win. It was the exact opposite end of the spectrum. Adrian Heath was the recipient of a double root canal, an abscess in his tooth, every painful imaginable feeling you could imagine a person having with that he was experiencing. So he called me this morning, told me, um, hey, I'm not going to make it today, but I've got a good replacement for you. He's got my good friend, a guy I've known for close to a decade now, the assistant coach of your Minnesota United Loons, Ian Fuller, filling in tonight. Ian, welcome to the show. Thank you for being here tonight. Thank you. Uh, clearly, we'd rather have uh, Adrian with you guys tonight, but um, he's uh, told me that he's feeling a little bit better, but still quite painful, and uh, his cheek is uh, <laughs> it's quite large and, um, I imagine, pretty painful. <laughs> so what did you think he was joking when he called you this morning and said, I look like Will Smith from Hitch? My face is blown up. I can barely talk. I have to go into surgery today. Were you thinking he was just like messing with you? Or were you excited to be able to be on this show today? No, because the the way he put it, one, he couldn't speak well. Uh, (laughs) And then he sent me a picture. His his face was quite swollen. Uh, So uh, you can't make that one up, no. But um, I'm sure he would uh, want every opportunity to, to... to be here tonight, but he uh, he clearly has a good excuse. <laughs> I should uh, I should offer you good money for that picture of Adrian because by the sound of it, you told me it's a one in a kind photo of Adrian. But I assume that whatever I pay you would probably not be worth it because you'd probably immediately be fired. So I imagine I won't be getting that photo from you, will I? No, I'm gonna I'm gonna keep it close to me. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> I don't need to find a new job right now. Well, I'd like to give our listeners a little bit of background about you, Ian Fuller, because you have a very extensive career, one that spans across close to two decades now at the professional ranks. You were drafted 21st overall in 2002 by the New England Revolution. You went on to play in playoff games there. You played a season there. Had some success at that level. Then you went to the Rochester Raging Rhinos from 03 to 05. Played for Vancouver. Then made your big move to Charleston, 2006 to 2010. Played in an Open Cup final, which was a historic run because that was the the last time a USL team has made it to the US Open Cup final. Then you moved on to Orlando. Uh, excuse me, Austin first. That's where we first connected. That's where you first connected with Adrian Heath. Made it to Orlando from there, 2011 to 2014. You made it halfway through that 2015 season, and then 2016 is when you made your jump to Minnesota United. So where we met in Austin, that's when you joined on with Adrian Heath and his staff. Um, Coming up on a decade now with Adrian, 
What's your relationship like with Adrian? How has it grown? Because he's the guy that has helped you make that transition over to the coaching side. Um, what's the biggest takeaway you took away early in your career from Adrian? And, and what was it about him that made you want to gravitate and stick to him and join his staff? I think I was got lucky because uh, I was able to play under Adrian before I was uh, assistant coach for him. So I got to experience him as a player. Um, and I always think of him as a, as a player's manager. Uh, really gets you motivated every day to train hard. And he uh, he clearly knows what it's like to be a pro. So he, he, he kind of tickles you right where you need to be itched to, to, to show up every day to train. Um, and then to, to get you prepared for the game on Saturday, he knew exactly what to say and how to motivate you. So I got to see that side of it. Um, and then I was able to work out for him uh, as a player uh, assistant coach and then uh, as a full-time assistant coach uh, down in Orlando. So um, I've kind of evolved um, with Adrian and, and got a chance to come up here earlier and, and, and have a year without him and then reunite uh, with him. So it's been a, a really good ride um, and I've learned a heck of a lot from him. Um, and I think we continue to learn from each other. You got this unique perspective of having been a player coach for what was it, four years in your career. Is that about right? 2010. Yeah, until 2015. Okay, 14, so and then 15 was the the, the the year in the MLS. So that's where you made your full time transition over to only assistant. So for about five seasons, you did it. What's that like? I mean. It, it, when you're preparing for it, knowing as a coach, you've got one mentality of it. As a player, you have a separate mentality. You had both. What's that like being a player assistant coach? I think at the at, at the beginning, it was difficult. You know, you to have a relationship with the players as a player. As a teammate. A, as a teammate is one thing. And then you also have to have a really good relationship with the coach, clearly, because he's you're there, first and foremost, to, to, to be his assistant. So you, you kind of have a balance of, you know, what to tell the to tell, tell Adrian uh, from the player side of it and what the, to tell the players from Adrian's side of it. Um, so it's, it's a tricky little balance there that, um, I, I figured out fairly quickly and, and I thought it went pretty well. And I'm not sure how you guys felt as players, <laughs> but, um, it was tricky at the beginning, but, but I figured, uh, figured it out pretty quickly. No, you did a great job. I mean, cause as, as your teammate from 2010 until 2013, you know, you were in that role. So it was a different one. One that we all knew you were going to make this transition to being a coach. Um, but it was a great option because you still had enough in the tank to give going forward um, as this player still. So it was it was this cool transition. But I was always curious, and I don't know if I've ever asked you this, was there ever a time when you had to make a decision about yourself as a player either coming into the game, coming off? How was that transition? Did you, did you say, Adrian... You know, I think this is where I should come in, or I should come out, or how did you make that call? How did you decide that? I think my mindset was always um, being a coach first. So I never once said, "Listen, why don't you throw me on?" Or no, never. You never once said that. Never once. Never once said, "Hey." Never once. Um, You know, I I think Wada will occasionally say that that I rigged training a little bit to to push myself to train a bit. You're talking about Mark Watson, the other assistant coach from Minnesota United, exactly, but. No, game game oriented wise, I never never pushed myself to, to play at all. If anything, I was I was so interested in, in the, the coaching side of it that even when I did have to play, which it wasn't all that often to be honest, it was at the end of the game, twenty minutes here, fifteen minutes there, you know, even just the extra time uh to defend the box. But um, you know, I you kinda learn from every situation and, and that's the the beauty of it. I got to learn both sides of it um on the job and that was that was the beauty of it. Well, let's talk about the other side of it now, the assistant coach, the the role that you're in with Minnesota United. 
you know, you guys do a lot of stuff that never gets noticed because so much of it happens. Look, fans show up on a Saturday. They see the end product of what's gone, gone on during the week. But what is a normal day like for Ian Fuller, assistant coach for Minnesota United? What time do you get into the building? How does it go from there with the training and then after training? What time are you normally there till? Well, you know, you said not to get noticed. That's kind of what, what happens. And that's our actual goal is not to get noticed. You know, if, if things go as planned, you you never get noticed and nothing ever, you know, pops up to where, well, you know, something happened tactically and whose fault is that? Um, our, our job is to prepare Adrian to help the team and prepare the team for Saturdays. Uh, it starts fairly early. Um, you know, Tuesday mornings, we have uh, a really early morning with the sporting staff, the sports performance staff, the medical staff. Like well, how early? Well, it starts at 6.30. 6.30? Uh, yeah, which isn't too, too bad. But when you're going until, you know, 5, 6, 6 o'clock p.m., it's, it, it makes for a long day. Um, you know, you, you just want to make sure every little box is ticked in terms of pre- preparation. You know, whether we're preparing that day's training, uh, the next day's training, the week uh, beyond, uh, you know, the, the week prior to, or, you know, the, the, the future match. Um, but you're always just making sure that everything's prepared for Adrian to do the best job um, and, and to prepare the players. That's awesome. It's uh, it's it's pretty cool. So six thirty in the morning, training normally starts ten thirty, ten thirty to twelve is maybe the actual time that you have the interaction with the players. You know, they get there a little bit before, say a little bit after, depending on their needs and whatnot. But but then they're probably out the out the door by twelve thirty one o'clock. Yeah, you know, some guys need afternoon training or you know video session after after uh, lunch. But yeah, we're uh, we try to get them out. You know, get 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 the work done. They're in about nine o'clock, and then they're out the door hopefully by. One, two o'clock. And then you're there till 5.30. Preparing for the next day, preparing for Saturday, and then uh, pretty much the moment the game ends, you're you're looking toward the next, towards the next weekend. Man, I bet you that was the part of the player assistant coach that probably was the hardest transition, switching over from the player who was only in the building from maybe 9.30 to 12.30, 1 o'clock, to yeah. the assistant coaches there all day. Yeah, it's kind of a shock and when you're you're yawning and waiting for your afternoon nap. It's, as a player, that's all you do. You, <laughs> you take you your do. afternoon nap and... Uh, caffeine helped me out a lot. I'll tell you that. <laughs> you know, before we get into the recap of the game against the San Jose Earthquakes, here with Ian Fuller filling in for Adrian Heath tonight on the Adrian Heath Show here on Score North. Jonathan, you're you're trying to flag my attention. Jonathan Harrison, our yeah. producer, um, what's going on? This is, normally we get to this whole segment where you don't mm-hmm. uh, tell me there's something important going on. What do you have for us? Well, we have a caller on line nine. Caller Let's on line nine. Guys. What's What's he calling about? Is this caller like wanting to have a question? Are they? Uh, yeah, he's got a couple questions for you. I'll All right. put them up for you. Okay. All right. Let's see. Um, hey, caller on caller on um, line nine. What's uh, what's going on? This is a bit unusual. Is something something up? Well, I thought I'd just sort of check, check in and see how things were going over there. Oh, if it isn't our good friend Adrian Heath. Look at this, Adrian. Were you just upset listening to the first 10 minutes? How's Ian Fuller doing? Are you all right with this? He's filling in the big shoes yeah. that you normally leave there. I thought I'd uh, bring a bit of life to the show. <laughs> <laughs> so have you just been listening at home, recovering from your day? First off, how are you feeling? Um, not bad. Not bad. I've had a better day, as you know. I woke up this morning with a huge abscess and been at the dentist for about uh, three or four hours today. So it's uh, it's not been a good day. But, hey. It is what it is. I've been the dentist. I've had uh, two root canals done today, and so it's my mouth and my body is a bit sore, as you can imagine. 
two root canals. That sounds two more than I ever want to have. That's uh, yeah. that's pretty brutal. Um, also, you know, it's funny, Ian. I don't know if you know this or not. Adrian called me this morning and said, "Good news, bad news. Uh, bad news is I'm not going to make the show. Good news is uh, I've got Ian filling in." And I said. No, wait, what's really what's the, the good, good news? news? Is there yeah, any figured, actual good news coming? coming. <laughs> Adrian, we're talking about Ian Fuller and his adjustment uh, as a player, coach, and what that was like and, and kind of his transition. I'm interested to get your thoughts on Ian Fuller. When you brought him over from Charleston to Austin in 2010, what was it about Ian Fuller that made you want to bring him on as a, as a player and an assistant coach? It was cheap. <laughs> <laughs> no, no, no. It's uh He's a, he's a great worker, very diligent, wants to do well. I think Ian has said it himself in the past that he this is something he always thought he would go into. You know, he he, he was a very, very good footballer, uh, far better than people uh, would imagine, as you know. Technically very, very good. But for a, for a, for a member of staff, you know, you look for and, and for somebody to come and work with you is for to be loyal and to be, you know, disciplined, hardworking, and he's all of that. So, you know, it's, he's, he's been doing it now for how many? Six, seven years now, he? Yeah, we're a full-time assistant now for five, and before that five uh, as a player coach. Oh, that's, a long, yeah. that's a lot of Ian Fuller, isn't it, Adrian? It is. Yeah, <laughs> it is. Uh, but it's, uh, it's, it, I think the thing is as well is that now he's, he's developing as a coach because when you first when you first start being transitioning from being a player to a coach, you don't know... You don't really know anything. You don't really. You, you've got an idea about the game, but you don't know what personality you're going to bring. Are you going to be the good guy? Or are you going to be the the bad guy? Or are you going to be the, 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 the disciplinarian? Or are you going to be a lot? You know, and you have to develop your own way of working. And I think you know, over the last sort of eight nine years, you've seen Ian's developing his own style now, and you know he's uh, he's getting better by the day. That's the voice of Adrian. He's calling in tonight since he's out. Ian Fuller in studio with us tonight. Adrian, I want to switch over. Ian, I want you in on this too because you two masterminded a wonderful tactical display in San Jose to the tune of a 3-0 win against a Western Conference rival. Uh, Big win for you guys to make it two in a row. Um, Adrian, while we have you on, let's get your thoughts first and then then Ian, you can piggyback off that. you were up against it with Matias Almeida, new coach for San Jose Earthquakes, who's come in and completely changed everything around with this a tactical anomaly where he just has a different system. How did you guys prepare for his man marking all over the field starting after your win last week in Vancouver? Well, we, 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 obviously, we obviously watched that first game against Montreal. And the one thing that was very, very evident from everything that we saw that we're always going to get a lot of the ball. Your two centre-backs, one of them was going to have a lot of the ball because, you know, you can't mark everybody. Um, so we, we, we try to work a plan that when we had a spare man on the ball, could we get the next spare man on it? And it worked very, very good. My only worry at the game on at the weekend was we, we played so well and, and got so far into their penalty area so many times and we missed, what, three or four great opportunities. And, you know, you're always worried... That, at that stage that it's going to come back and bite you because, you know, you don't get that many chances on the road normally. So, you know, when we got the penalty, I thought that would just sort of settle us down and then we could go on and start to play. And I always thought we were dangerous on the counter-attack, you know, as they started to throw men forward. It was always a case of could we get going a little bit of space and then hopefully the little fella comes up with a bit of magic and picks the right pass, which he did for 
for Miggy, and then Miggy made a great finish. So, you know, it, it, as I said after the game, it would have been a travesty if we hadn't won the game because all the best chances were ours. So, uh, but it was, it's been a great start, Jamie. You know, two games on the road against Western Conference opposition. You know, it's been a, it's been a terrific start, and now we have to go prepared for LA at the weekend. Yeah, you're right. It doesn't get much better than that. Two wins on the road against your Western Conference opponents, so it'll become bigger games because they become a six-point swing. And, and Ian, I'll ask you this. When you and Adrian put your head together, along with Mark Watson and John Pascarell, all the coaches together, um, when you were executing trainings during the week, how did you get the players to wrap their heads around the idea of this is maybe something you've never seen before, this man marking all over the field, but this is really what they do. You have to trust us, Ian. How did you get the guys to really buy into what you and the other coaches have been noticing on film? Well, it went back to our preparation, to be honest. Every time we saw it, this, we kept saying, there's no way they can play like this. And, and it's truly, uh, you know, he's, he's got a different system, and we even look back to, to his time at Chivas, and, and luckily we had uh, Darwin Quintero, who was at uh, America, played against him quite often, so... He was able to back that up um, within the, the the group of guys. So, um, you know, the, we showed a lot of video to the guys and said, "Listen, we de- we we can get an advantage with our center backs coming forward with it." Um, you know, instead of Guando running back and forth, he actually took Ike away. So we, we Boxy got on it quite often. But you know, I think after the the guys saw some video and you know spoke with Darwin and we, we talked about certain situations they might see, is they really bought into to it and uh, it worked out perfectly. Adrian, I mean, to echo yeah, that, what, what are your thoughts? I think the other thing with that is that you know that it's a great incentive for any any forward-minded players that you know it's man to man. If you can come up with a little bit of combination play, or you can actually beat your guy, you know it then becomes like a domino effect that somebody has to pop out to you, and then somebody else is free. And I thought we did that really well. There was a couple of instances in the first half where Darwin played the ball first time around the corner for, for Romario, and then we got the third man running in there. So there was a lot of good stuff, but you know, as I say, it's 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 the film and it's showing them, you know, good and bad practice from the, the previous game. But this is an unusual one, but it, it does give you a huge incentive to actually beat your guy because if you do, you can invariably be an on goal. Uh, I mean, tactically, you guys were spot on on the day. You and your your staff, Adrian. Um, to go along with the accolades, Darwin Quintero, Roman Metaned, and Ozzy Alonso make the team of the week. Um, great to see personal ask, ask, geez, accolades. That's easy for me to say. Accolades yeah. for the players, but your team gets a shutout. Um, how important is that to you? What does that mean to you, Adrian? Well, we've, we've, you know, we've had a lot of stick over the previous two years about the fact that we've conceded so many goals on the road. But you know, as I've said on numerous occasions now, that this is a different team. You know, we've got far more stability in front of the back four than we've had. We've got, you know, Ozzy Alonso and Jan Graves and Miggy's putting in an unbelievable shift with on the right and Rass on the left. So we, we, we look a lot a lot more solid now in general. You know, obviously we, we, we conceded two goals in uh, Vancouver from set pieces, but we think we, we addressed them. But, you know, I, I've, as I've said a million times, that, that this group will score goals. What we've got to do now is give ourselves an opportunity to stay in games by not conceding silly goals at the wrong time. And if we do that, we, we can win games in this league. Adrian, I'll give you one more before you go. Um, your thoughts on L.A. this weekend, playing against the Galaxy. Zlatan Ibrahimovic missed the last game. Yeah. Is he in your plans for this week? Do you do you plan to play against him? Do you plan to go against him or, or maybe well, we, plan for him to be out? What are your thought processes heading into Saturday? Well, we, we, we'll, I think he might be fit, you know, and obviously when you've got somebody of his stature and his standing in the game, 
hopefully he doesn't play. But you you know you've got you've got Zlatan, you've got Alessandrini who's who's done really well against us in the past, Alessandrini. So you know a lot will depend on what team they have out, you know. But the one thing I know that we can we can score and we can play on the road. I think that the fact that the Galaxy are at home, they will come at us. And I think that will play into our hand a little bit to get hopefully Darwin and Miggy and the guys in them little pockets, and we can uh, we can counter attack on them. I think. I think we'll get opportunities during this game. All right. Well, look, you have been an absolute trooper. Uh, I don't know what kind of drugs you're on, but they must be good ones because for somebody who's had a double root canal earlier today, you've given us some gold and, and a lot of it. So um, thank you so much, Adrian, for calling in. Uh, do you think Ian Fuller can fill in from here on out? I think he can see it. See it's over the line, Jamie. No problem. <laughs> Just barely. We'll barely get our noses across the line. Hey, look, Adrian, all the best. Hopefully you feel better. Um, yeah. We'll look forward to chatting with you again next week here in studio. And all the best this weekend, Coach. Cheers. Thanks a lot, guys. There he goes, Adrian Heath calling in. Out of spite, listen to the first 10 minutes of you, Ian Fuller, and he just couldn't take anymore. He had to come in and save the sinking ship. What do you think about that? Well, it's his show, so he, he, <laughs> he, he can do whatever, do whatever he wants, <laughs> let's face it. You're absolutely right. I and mean, Here's what we're going to do right now. We're going to go to break. We're going to come back. We're going to chat more with Ian Fuller, put a nice little bow on this San Jose Earthquakes win, talk about the team being 2-0, and what to look forward to. We're going to get his thoughts, the fun little game we introduced last week, the Mount Rushmore of... We'll see if Ian Fuller's up to the test with a couple of Mount Rushmore questions. We've got still so much more to go. Thank you so much for listening in. This is the Adrian Heath Show. He's Ian Fuller. Jonathan Harrison's producing. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Stick around. We've got plenty more to come right here on Score North. Welcome back to the Adrian Heath Show here on Score North. I'm your host, Jamie Watson, filling in for Adrian Heath who's on the temporary disabled list tonight, is assistant coach, my good friend, Ian Fuller. Ian, how are you tonight? I'm well. Wishing uh, the boss the best, but it sounds uh, sounds like he's doing a lot better. So, well, It's uh, one segment in the books, very strong for the first 10 minutes. Then Adrian Heath came in and took it to another level. So we'll see if we can maintain that high level coming off of Adrian's surprise guest appearance, calling in unexpectedly. We appreciate Adrian Heath battling through, being tough, calling in to uh, to at least give us 10 minutes of his time. But uh, I said at the end of last segment, I wanted to just put uh, a bow on the San Jose victory. And I wanted to do this in only a way that you could really answer um, because you know this group. This is now your fourth season in Minnesota. Um, what was the mood like? And, and I have a follow-up to this one. First off, what... What was the mood like in the locker room getting your second win of the season out of two tries, second win on the road, beating a Western Conference opponent? What's that like, man? How fun is that in the locker room? You know, it's been great. Um, you know, all the guys are really excited uh, about the situation that we're in, which is, um, you know, far, it's not exceeded what we had hoped for, but at the same time, we'd, we'd prep for this, so we were happy that it's come through like this. But to be honest, it wasn't one of those surprising feelings, you know, when when you when you sit back and, and, you know, nick a point on the road or, or get a result and park the bus and, you know, you, you're so excited, but, you know, guys came back in and it's, it's just business is normal. And, and that's the beauty of, you know, bringing some guys in that are winners to, 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 you know, supplement some of the, 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 the players that, that, you know, maybe had bad taste in their mouth about the, the last few years. But, you know, you, when you bring in guys like Ike Opar, who's, who's one, you know, silverware in, in the MLS, Ozzy Alonso, who's won the MLS Cup, 
you know, Jan Gregus had done really, really well at Copenhagen. And, uh, you know, even, even some of the guys we drafted, you know, from Maryland, they won the, won the championship in the NCAA. So you bring in winners and, and suddenly the mood changes a bit and you, you nick a few good results on the road and, and hopefully we'll keep it rolling this weekend. Absolutely. And, and Ian, to that, the second part of my question, you started to, to address that, but, but dive deeper into this for me. Your fourth season now, you saw the 2016 season, the last season in NASL. You saw the inaugural season in MLS for Minnesota United. Last year, the transition year. And then this year, just this new look loons that we've seen really take flight early in the season and take hold even maybe sooner than than what anybody really expected. I mean, hit the ground absolutely running. What's that culture shift and that change the new guys have brought in um, the five that have come in this off season, eight new ones since the middle of last year and the draft picks as well. Go a little deeper into that. Like what's, what's changed? What's difference? What have you seen maybe from day one through year two, three and now into four, you know, MLS is tough. It, it's difficult. And, and, you know, teams that come in and do well, they, they've spent a heck of a lot of money and, and, and they've gotten it right. But, you know, coming from Orlando where, where it took some time and, and, and it's, it takes time. And, you know, you can see this, this last year that, you know, we we've had a few additions that have that have clearly helped, but you know, just getting used to, to to being in and around the environment and some of the guys, you know, finally you know laying some roots in, in Minneapolis area and and St. Paul area. So, I just think it takes time for for clubs to get going, and and I think that we're all really really comfortable with each other. Um, and then some of the new guys have just come in and and done extremely well, and clearly bringing guys in that have done well in the league helps. But um, you know, the office have been great and. Uh, so the support staff have been great and um, you know, it's, it's just nice to finally see that things pay off so the fans can have something to celebrate. You know, we've had quite a few, you know, p- fan clubs uh, come to the game and fans come to the game the last two weeks. And it's just great to see them come all that way to celebrate, um, you know, for the last two years, it's been difficult on them. So to see some of the pubs full and, and got people celebrating and hear people talking about it around the town, it's, it's just a different feeling this year. And it, it's, it's one we hope to, to continue. Always great when you see the Wonder Ball travel so well and, and make it to the likes of Vancouver, internationally traveling, making it to San Jose, you know, more expected this weekend in L.A. But um, for you, let's let's go into the practice mode where you are really hands on. You're one of these coaches that takes a lot of the session, draws, helps draw up the session um, along with Mark Watson and John Pascarella as well. But what have you seen maybe competitively in training because I've been there, I've watched it, I've seen it a little bit from from the outside of the lines. You're inside the lines. What do you see about this group Monday to Friday that you go, this is different, this is good? What is it about that? Well, I think when you bring in talent, you know, you've got the competitive nature with training to where you know you're not comfortable in your spot. That 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 is tough to replicate, uh, other than just bringing in good players that, that compete every day, you know, and and beyond that, you know, a guy's mentality every day is coming in on Monday, ready to work. You know, today was an off day and, and we were in, uh, early on and, and probably 12 players were in, whether they're getting treatment, whether they were in lifting, whether they're out on the field, I took quite a few on the field. So, so guys just want to get better and, and keep this mood going and keep the run going. And, and I think that, you know, they say, you know, losing is contagious, winning is contagious as well. You know, you get on a roll and, and, and things start going your way. And, you know, we're defensively set a whole lot better than we have been in the past. And, and I actually think that the five games on the road made us focus so much more on the defensive side of it, um, which has been great, you know. And uh, I think guys are really 
really bought in this this preseason and you know their fitness is, levels are high so I think everything's great now but the challenge is let, let's bring it to, the, to to LA and you know we haven't done well in LA we got a point last year I believe and um, at the Galaxy so let's just continue that and and uh, be tough to beat. That's the voice of Ian Fuller, assistant coach for Minnesota United here on the Adrian Heath Show, filling in for Adrian. Uh, I'm going to throw out a question to you, and I want you to tell me the first one or a couple of names that come to mind when I ask you this. Who's the most competitive during training? I'm going to say Osvaldo Alonso. I, I played with him in Charleston, for, so I've known him for many, many years, and uh, he, he is one competitive guy. But it, that's tough to say because... You know, you're not going to be a professional athlete unless you're competitive, but I would say Ozzy's probably the most competitive. You have a cool story with Ozzy. You were there in Charleston with him. Was it 2006 when he made his way there? He Was, was it 2006? Was it 2007? Somewhere around that time frame, uh, Ozzy uh, has this incredible story, right? Yeah, I think 2007 is when Oz arrived. and Maybe 2008, eight actually. Was it right on then? Yeah. and um, His story is incredible. Tell, share it a little bit because you probably know it better than anybody because you've known him since day one, him coming to the United States, if you don't mind, I mean, I think this is an amazing story, and I think that you can probably tell it better than anybody else. So it's amazing because Mark Watson was assistant coach with us at Charleston as well. So there's kind of a yeah, you know, there's there's more of a back coming full circle. That's right. So we we were in preseason and uh, we were we were bringing in one of Cuba's all time scorers, uh, and he had just defected and and so we were really excited to bring him in and explain what that means by the way though because that's I think the really cool part of the story the defecting part because this is something that maybe doesn't happen with anybody else anywhere in the world. That's right. So their national team was, I believe, playing qualifiers for the Gold Cup here. And I could be wrong, but I think they were here to play qualifiers for the Gold Cup. And, um, you know, they've got security with them so they don't leave the group to defect. Cuba, by the way, this inside a, the United States. That's right. The Cubans were here. And, and you know, uh, Oz, Oz was actually in Dallas and uh, was, I'll let him tell the story. He's got a great story, but he was in a Walmart and... Uh, didn't tell any of his family and didn't tell any of his friends or anything. And, and off he went and took a bus to, to Florida and went to the consulate and got his paperwork. But back to the Charleston story, we, we were in training and we had heard we're bringing in this Cuban striker. And he had apparently had told, asked the manager, can, can I bring one of the other players from Cuba in with me? And uh, we had no idea who Osvaldo Alonso was. And he came in and, and literally after 10 minutes of training, we were just we were just awestruck by him and the coaches had decided right then, you know, Mark Watson was the assistant coach then. He decided right then and there we had to sign him. So he he pretty much single-handedly, we had a good team in Charleston, but he single-handedly led us to the, the Open Cup final uh, that year against D.C., but he, he was unbelievable. Incredible. And so, I mean, you obviously then, you had your time with him in Charleston, um, got to the Open Cup final. You mentioned in the final, did you play in the final? Did I happen to score? Is that right? Uh, yeah, yeah, scored to make it 1-1. One, one. All right, make sure to send me that Venmo of 20 bucks that you paid me for yeah, asking you that question. I think question. it'll be in black and white on YouTube. <laughs> but other than that, yeah. That was an incredible run. You guys lost in the final that year 2-1? Yeah, 2-1 to DC United. Um, we had a late goal called offside. It wasn't, but uh, there was no uh, VAR. Where's video review when <laughs> no, you need it? There were barely replays at that stage. So you, 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 that's where your path, your time ended in 2010. Ozzy went, I believe, in 09, was it, to Seattle? Yeah, he was sold that next year to Seattle, and uh, that's the end of that story. So and you was, followed him, though. I mean, obviously, yeah. I'm sure that's a guy that you're, you were teammates with, you're friends with. You follow him along, and then this offseason rolls around. One, first question I'll ask you, and maybe you can speak for yourself and maybe the other coaches as well. 
Did you guys expect him to be let go from Seattle or told he wasn't in the plans? Was that a surprise to you? We had heard some rumblings here and there, you know, agents talk and some rumblings that Ozzy was uh, available. And, and I think that, you know, between Mark, myself, Adrian, uh, John and, and Manny and Amos, um, we all had talked and within five minutes, it was evident that, that he was someone that we wanted to, to look at. And, you know, w- because Watto and I had, had played and coached with him, he, he just, it was a no brainer. I mean, the guy's so competitive and he just gets it and uh, he's always in the right spot and, um, you know, as you can see from his record at Seattle and the fact that, you know, he led him for the MLS Cup a few years ago, he's, he's just a, a, an ultimate competitor for sure. Yeah, he's been fantastic to to watch Minnesota United in these first two games. And and Jonathan, I'll, I'll ask you this question here. Watching Ozzy play, you're a soccer guy, you get it, but you're somebody who's kind of seen Minnesota United from mm-hmm. afar over the last couple of years. Now you're in the mix as the pre-half and post show host here on Score North. What have you noticed about Ozzy that you like? What's what's his his greatest attribute that he brings to the table that you're a fan of? I think him and Jan together, just being in front of that back line, helping them and stopping the attacks before they get to the back line, has brought a whole new element to the team that they didn't have the past two seasons. You see, you see the shot charts. All the shots that the two teams that we've played so far have come from outside the box. Mo- a majority of them have come from outside the box. And that's something that obviously didn't happen the past two years. But having Ozzy in front of that back line helps solidify that back four and allows, it seems like it allows the fullbacks more freedom to get forward than they had in the past. What an astute soccer mind. Look at that, Ian. I mean, break down what he just said. I mean, what John was talking about. I mean, as it, as they, they pair together and they're able to tighten the midfield, you get these guys overlapping on the side. What is that the game plan? Is that the tactics, the week in and week out you're working on? Yes, it, it's part of what we do. And uh, I think that, that, you know, we hadn't had that real stability in the in the past. And, you know, uh, we had a few pieces here and there. But but with the pair of them, it's 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 two guys that we thought would work well off each other. And they they have been doing really, really well protecting the back four. And uh, by the way, the, the two center backs have been fantastic. And the outside backs have been the engines for sure, and, and in front of them, Miguel Ibarra and, and, and Rasmus Schuller. I mean, things are ticking, and then you give Darwin Quintero an, an, an inch, and he's going to take a, a mile. So, you know, things are, are clicking at the moment, but we're, we're not going to rest at the moment and, and, and think that we've made it because we've got a long ways to go, and we know that. Can I ask you this? This is, um, well, not can I, I'm going to, but let me know as much as you can about this because I know that this is one of those things that, um, you know, is, is sensitive in nature, but. When you're figuring out in the offseason which guys to make a part of the core that returns and to go forward with complimenting the new guys, are the new guys complimenting that group that's coming in? What are some of the intangibles as a coach that you prefer, that you like when the questions ask, hey, what do you think about this guy going forward? You know, what do you like about him? What are those things that really what are your boxes that need to be ticked to find a player that you want on your team going forward? I think it's tough, clearly positionally. I mean, that's the first thing you look at is what do you want out of that position? And, the, the, you know, what you have here is, is not necessarily, you know, what you're going to have. And so, you know, you, you, you want to you paint a picture and, 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 and all the puzzle pieces try to fit together. But if, if the puzzle pieces in front of you aren't exactly what you're, you're offered, then things have to adjust. But, you know, whether you, they, we can afford them, whether, the, you know, They've they've won wherever they've gone. Whether they're, they're the right stage in their career, where they feel like they you know the U.S. is a good market for them, 
whether they're available within the league. You know, oftentimes the players are a little more expensive. We got lucky with Ozzy because he was, he was you know free for us. So uh, I think that that the the pieces just have to fit. And and for a while it took us to, to know exactly what Adrian wanted and what what Manny and Amos wanted. And and I think that that we've got a lot of a lot of them wrong in the past. But I think in, the, in this off season we've got a lot right. You know, you look at the five that we brought in and even some some of them that, you know, are, are waiting in the wings. You know, Hassani Dotson was a second-round draft pick. You know, he's played the last two games. I know late, but he's been great. You know, Chase is, is right there, you know. Dane, uh, St. Clair's done great in the in preseason. Um, so we're, we're just, you know, we're, we're ready to, to, to push on, and, and I think the guys have made some good moves in the offseason, and we're looking forward to, uh, to, 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 to keep building on this. Awesome. That's so. That's such good insight, Ian. And I love that filling in for Adrian tonight. You are bringing this different dynamic, but also this insight that we don't get week in and week out because it's uh, it's great to see it. And I know your soccer mind. I know how it operates. Having been around you for so long, but I love that you're getting to to show the listeners a little bit more about that. And so with that, we're two segments down. We're up against a break here, so we're gonna head to break. We've got one last segment. Um, what do you think, man? How's, how's co-hosting going? You, you enjoying this? Is this a good role for you? Yeah. I mean, we could re- rename it right now if you want the Ian Fuller show. I mean, it's, wow. It's just up, is it going that well? It's just up to you guys, but it's just a, it's a thought. Wow. I, Jonathan, I'm sorry. Is that the phone lines lighting up with Adrian calling right now? Is that what that I see over yeah, there? Yeah, that is. Yeah. All right. Before we'll get Adrian the break. gets on the air again and cusses you out for that one, we're going to go to break so we can come back for another show next week. Uh, Ian, you're doing a tremendous job. Uh, we are so grateful to have you here tonight. Jonathan is always in the producer booth doing a great job. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. Stick around. We got one last segment here with Ian Fuller right here on the Adrian Heath Show on Score North. Here's a great chance for Charleston. Chris Williams. Oh, he's tied it. He's onside, and it's 1-1. Fuller and Williams combining. Jonathan Harrison from the Rafters goes to the internet, finds a clip of Ian Fuller. And by the way, that is like finding a needle in the haystack. Took some digging, but I found it. It's on YouTube. Jonathan. Wow. Unbelievable. Ian Fuller. I'll send you guys the link so you guys can have it. What goal was that? I had no idea, by the way, you were playing that, Jonathan. That well done. The, that was the U.S. Open Cup goal. That was the one from the final. That was the one, and I'm amazed. I don't know whether you found that on 8-track or what. That, <laughs> that was years and years ago. Max Bretos with a call Max there. Bretos. Yeah. Wow. Yeah. Tell us, talk, do you want to walk us through the goal then, since we got to hear no, it? No, there's better things to talk about. We move on. You're absolutely right. It was probably a tap-in. It was probably no. William shooting it. it was an outside the, the box, struck it. Did it, you? Put it through the net. Okay, there we go. Now it's coming out a little bit. I had to draw you out a little bit. <laughs> Knock you down. You No, 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 wait a minute. It was we, actually a great goal. Let, we, let me we tell you about we it. We digress. <laughs> That's Ian Fuller, assistant coach from Minnesota United, filling in for Adrian Heath, who is under the weather after a double root canal today. Jonathan Harrison, producer of the year right there, coming up with great content, content, content like that. And I'm your host, Jamie Watson, guiding you through one last segment here on the Adrian Heath Show. Hey, Ian, I want to talk to you about this because we haven't talked about it yet. Um, you have you and the guys have a tour lined up of Allianz Field tomorrow, tomorrow afternoon after training. Um, how excited are you, man? Can't wait, can't wait. And yeah. I know the guys are tickled pink. Um, you know, I think that some of the guys may be the first ones in the door uh, after they've they've gotten the, uh, the all ahead and the keys have been handed over to Minnesota United. So it's it's going to be great for the guys to see where. 
you know, whether it be sitting there the game and then to walk out there. And we, we, we haven't been there in months, um, but just, just to see how far it's come over the last, you know, two years. And even when I've, I've been here for four now, so I've kind of seen the buildup, uh, you know, even when it was, was on paper. So uh, I'm, I'm thrilled. I know the fans are actually absolutely excited. Um, we just can't wait to get something and call it our home. That's going to be incredible. And so that's opening April 13th against NYCFC. That will be a big monumental day in history, in soccer history here in Minnesota. Um, the, I mean, it's just incredible. I was there twice last week, and, and I can't give enough adjectives, uh, descriptions of it to do it justice. Um, your guys are in for a treat. Uh, just, you know, enjoy it tomorrow because it is immaculate. Um, so I wanted to switch over now while we got the personality going. Let's see if we can dive a little deeper into it. We introduced this last week in a segment I called Mount Rushmore of, and I'm going to give you two topics, one soccer-related, one non-soccer-related. Okay. Now, Mount Rushmore, I'm sure you know all about it. You're a history I've buff. I've been. You have? I have. Oh, this is perfect. This is great. It was, a, it was a bit foggy that day, so you couldn't actually see it. Yeah, but pretty cool, though, to see it in Black yeah. Hills, I mean, I was young. You South drive Dakota. That, you drive that far. And it's foggy and that it's day. Foggy, so it <laughs> that'd be just disappointing as all you know what. Yeah, it was brutal. Um, okay, so here's the first one I got for you. We're going to go with the non-soccer related one first. Okay. So the first one I want to hear. Actually, let's go the soccer one first. All right. Soccer one first. This week's Mount Rushmore of is the best four stadiums you've ever been to to see a soccer game. Mm. Anywhere in the world. Not played in, but actually been to. Well, you can humble brag if you want and do some of the ones you've played in, too, if you want to include that on the list. No. You can do that. No. We'll, we'll just say that, I, that I've seen a match in. Okay, let's go yeah. that one. Okay. I'd have to say La Bombonera um, down in Argentina. I mean, it, it was ridiculous to, 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 to see Boca play there and to see the stadium bouncing. Got to say that. That's probably my number one, uh, at least to start with, for sure. So uh, I, I was able to go to Estadio Jogao, um at Porto. Ooh. This last off season and see them play against uh, Braga, who's their their rival. So that that was unbelievable. Uh, beautiful stadium. My all time favorite place to watch a match will be St James's Park, Newcastle, oh, Newcastle United. Diehard Newcastle yeah, fan. I've been there quite a few times, and it's it's the cathedral. I mean, it's it's just unbelievable. It's 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 you know to see that you know. The, the faithful to, to watch a game there is unbelievable. But You're the only person that would call St. James's Park a cathedral. Probably the Maybe only your cathedral because your religion we'll is way. Newcastle. Yes, it is. Uh, <laughs> Keep going. One more to close it out. Well, I'll just say Allianz Field. I mean, we've got to say that, uh, right? You're such we, a, you know what? we haven't been there yet in, in full full voice, but we're, 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 we can't wait. I'm, so, I'm just upset with you. Because I put that on my list. Did and you? I didn't think you were going to think of it. Man. No, of course. That is, gosh. That's good. All right. Well, you've stolen mine now. Right, that was going to be my, my closer. Allianz Field is, is on mine because um, it is incredible. And, and I tried to think of other stadiums that had more meaning to it, like how you had it right with, with St. James's Park. I think going there, having both of us been here for a while, that had to be on my list too. Um, I saw a game at the Bernabeu, Real Madrid. Nice. That was a pretty cool experience to see that. Um, I'll go your rivals in the Premier League. Uh, Anfield, that's that's mine. I, I Liverpool, look, they're not look Newcastle and Liverpool, not steadfast rivals, but used used to be decent ones. They were the four three games. Yeah, listen, they're I, always I, entertaining. Anfield, they were always Anfield, great. Anfield, so I understand. Yeah, Anfield, saw you'll never walk alone there. It was great. And then uh, in uh, South Korea, 
the Busan Icon Stadium. Busan is one of the stadiums that was in the World Cup, in the Korea-Japan World Cup. Mm-hmm. Got to go there, so that was just pretty cool to see. So that's my my route, Mount Rushmore of soccer stadiums. But now let's switch over gears. Let's go the other route. Let's go Mount Rushmore for you of movies. Movies all time. Mm, movies. Your top four all movies time. of all time. Okay. You you got to start off right with The Godfather. I, I still think it's the best movie ever made. And, you know, I enough said. I mean, whatever I say about it won't be enough. So yeah. I, I think it's, it's, it's fabulous. I'm with you on that one. I'm going to put Shawshank in there. Shawshank Redemption is, you know, it's always on television. And whenever you say, you, you have to watch it. Uh, I'm going to do a sports movie. The Hoosiers. I like Hoosiers. That sounds awesome. That's yeah. actually, uh, that's a good movie. And and Connor Tobin, Neil Lavity, Kevin Friedland and I in 2012 dressed up as Hoosiers oh, wow. for Halloween. The short shorts and everything. Short, a lot of short guys. A lot of, that's a lot of guy thigh. So I love that movie. So you're in. <laughs> I, I love your list so far. Yeah, I'm going to throw a comedy in there. Dumb and Dumber as well. You're kidding Just me. as a comedy. Of all the things. Look at I, us. Yeah. Great friends. Yeah. Dumb and Dumber's on my Mount Rushmore too. I'm gonna have too. to rethink my list. And now that you said that, look, let's just let's just say we're, we're the two best friends that <laughs> anyone can have. Dumb and Dumber. It's a great movie. It is. It's all. It's a classic. It's all time. And you know what? It absolutely deserves to be on Mount Rushmore. That's my first one. All right. You know what? I'll go the same theme as you with Godfather, Casino. Ah. In that same genre, I love a, I love a casino. I love a little bit of gambling here and there. Life's life's exciting yeah. when you got money on the line. So there you go. Casino's there. Um, I had Slumdog Millionaire on there. Okay. I love that movie. It's a good movie. It's it, it made you think. It was good. It's it pulled good some hard strings. G- great borderline. Shawshank good... was Shawshank and and Slumdog were the two that were going back and forth. Okay. Um, but Slumdog edged out a little bit for me. And then can I throw a Christmas movie in there at you? If you had to think, what Christmas movie do you think would be on that list? Comedy, what? comedy, Christmas movie. I'm going to say you're a bit cheesy, so I'm going to say Love Actually is on there. Come on, man. It's not that one, but that's probably on my wife's. Yes, that's on hers, not on mine. Right. I went Will Ferrell, uh, Elf. I can watch Elf. It just It's good feeling. It's just Christmas time. It's funny. It'll never not be funny. So I mean, you're kind of short Elfish. There so, we go. I knew you were going to get there, too. Yeah. I was also That's also why I didn't want to put on the list. But there you go. There's your low-hanging fruit. Take that one and run with it. <laughs> <laughs> hey, look, Ian, we're, we're getting close to the end here. And um, you got some, some pretty big shoes to fill here because this is about the time of the show every week when I ask Adrian the hardest question each week. And that is the question of uh, what would you rate Callum Williams, play-by-play commentator for Minnesota United. What would you rate Cal's call? We play a goal clip. We give the goal call that Cal gives with said goal. The ensuing seconds after, he always gives some superlatives to describe the moment. And then every Monday night, Adrian Heath gives it a ranking from 0 to 10, 10 being the best. So, with you filling in for Adrian tonight, all the pressure's on you. I'm Ian, excited. Ian My Fuller, first Cal call. This is this is a big moment. Yeah. Don't get it wrong. Right. It is time for you to rate Cal's call. And at the other end of the field, now Minnesota will break. Derwin Quintero. Options are plenty for him. Quintero and Miguel Ibarra scores beautifully. Pulsating breakaway. Minnesota lead by two here. Oh, a pulsating breakaway. Pulsating breakaway. What do you think? Zero to ten. A lot of pressure. I hope Cal's listening. You know Um, he is. 
He only tunes in for this part of the show. I, I will say I, I've heard better cow calls than that. Ooh, okay. I, I, I respect thought, it. I, yeah. I respect honesty. I, I thought that was a lightning break, and I thought it was going to gather more, you know, more oomph as it went. Okay. Especially with the finish, it was a lovely bent bent goal by Miguel Ibarra, and I just didn't think that was enough for me. Okay, I'm going to give that a two point five. A two point five, Jonathan Harrison. Have we ever wow. heard anything more disrespectful? I don't think so. Wow. That's pretty low. Wow. Let me just click this pen and write that down. That's an all-time... It's only because I love Cal. Disrespectful. It sounds like you hate him. No, 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 no. Far from. I think he does an unbelievable job. Those phone lines lighting up again this time. It's Cal Williams calling in. It's definitely Cal. Wow. Listen, it's out of respect because I I think he does an unbelievable job. I think he's the best in the business. I agree with you. Are you saying that now because you feel like you need to make up for the fact that you were really mean to your quote unquote friend? No, I don't. I think I don't think that's mean at all. I think it's being honest. Wow, Jonathan, do you think we ever have Ian Fuller back on this airway? Cal may may boycott calling goals now for this segment. He may put like a a trademark on this now. Jonathan, do, do we ever have Ian back, or do we need to boycott him from the show? I think we can have him back, but I don't think we can have him ready to call again. No, I, I'm rough. just pushing him. You're just pushing him. You want him to be better. Uh, I think he can be. I, I've heard it, it sounds before. like anything would be better. It sounds like dead air may That's be better than a 2.5. That's not true. I, I think it's a, a reasonable score. And I think Cal will, will be better next week. <laughs> I do. <laughs> well, just look, trying to push him. It, we can only go up from here on, uh, on a Cal's call of 2.5. Me, I had it as a 6.5. Four-point difference. I can't believe that. It's, it's just... All right. Unbelievable. 6.5 for me, 2.5 from Ian. Jonathan, we made it through the show, and yeah, Ian Fuller was fun. did not cuss. <laughs> it's the longest we've ever gone, isn't it, without Ian Fuller saying a curse word, isn't it? I believe so, yeah. Hey, and we couldn't be more grateful of you filling in tonight. Last minute for Agent Heath. Thank you so much, Ian Fuller. We really appreciate it. Thanks, guys. Really enjoyed it. You have a good time? I did. It was fun. Uh, no swearing and uh, <laughs> <laughs> and a lot of insight. Success. Hey, that's awesome. That's Ian Fuller, assistant coach for Minnesota United. My big thanks to him. My big thanks to Jonathan Harrison producing. And my big thanks to you listening at home. I'm your host, Jamie Watson. This was the Adrian Heath Show on Score North. <laughs>